What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. This is Scantron. You can find past episodes of Homo Ground on homoground.com. On this episode, we'll be interviewing Meredith Heal of the film Whistling Dixie, so stick around for that. This Saturday on June 4th, Raw will be presenting their Raw Honey event with special guests Honey Sound System from San Francisco, Chris Burns from 410 Underground, and resident Raw DJs Bill Todd and Shay Van Horn. The event will be at the Warehouse Loft at 411 New York Avenue, Northeast. It's a $10 RSVP or $15 if you go after midnight. It's 21 and over. If you want to find out more information, you can go to rawdc.com.
Thank you. 
All right, so we have Meredith Heal with the film Whistlin' Dixie. Can you tell us a little bit about the film? Sure. It's a 30-minute documentary that I made for my master's thesis at UC Santa Cruz, and I'm just finishing up out here. And um, it is basically a road movie. Um, it's about my journey through the South, finding queer musicians and activists that are using music and um studying right now in school? Um, I'm in a social documentation program. Okay. So it's basically documentary filmmaking out at East Tennessee, but I'll be done with it in about a week and a half. Oh, awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. And then you'll be hitting the road and taking Whistling Dixie on tour? Exactly, yeah. So I'm setting up um, for the last two months. I've been working like 14 hours a day trying to get this tour together. Uh, I kind of wanted to avoid at least at this point, big sort of uh, commercial sponsored uh, festivals, Gamma festivals, because I just felt like making this film, I wanted it to be a part of the community, sort of reinvesting in the scene as opposed to sort of only documenting it from the outside. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to basically create the same spaces I was seeing created throughout the South um, by these musicians, participate in that and create these spaces in other places outside of big cities, so I'm trying to cross the country. I'm playing some big, big cities, but also smaller towns, um, trying to get as many screenings as I can. I just bought a projector, so I'm just going to drive around all summer playing uh, playing shows and, and screening my film along with the bands. It's only about 30 minutes, so it fits in as like a set, and then I, I'd, I'd like to have local queer bands um, and touring queer bands come and play alongside me. I'm screening at the
So where are you currently living? I live in Santa Cruz, California for the next uh, three weeks. I'm going to be living out of my car, and I'm going to be moving to Bloomington, India for a PhD program. It's called Communication and Culture. It's basically a communication program, but I'm going to be studying, uh, you know, doing ethnographies on uh, queer youth and how they use music and media to shape their identity. So basically what I'm doing now, but just for the next four years. They have, like, one of the best, uh, well, not the best, uh, just because maybe it's the only one, uh, queer rural studies faculty there. So a bunch of people are really interested in queer representations outside of metropolitan areas, so it seems like a really good home for that. Basically, you found out about these bands from a mixtape that someone gave you? Um, Well, yeah, that's kind of what the film, uh, the premise of the film, but... Uh, yeah, I found out about them through friends, through different mixes that were being traded around. I guess when I was in uh, early college, I think, um, I was in New York, and I fell into a group of friends who played a lot of shows and knew a lot of smaller bands and started getting mixes from them. And uh, and yeah, so I, and I also knew about um, Midtown Dickens. was probably the first band I knew about down there because... I went to college with Catherine in, in, uh, in California, so found out about them, and then through that, just kind of started finding out about, you know, Bella Fea and, um, you know, Humble Right Now, but I always knew about the Butchies, um, and those are some of the bands that came about, but also I just did a lot of online research, too, um, when I was decided to make the film, the bands I hadn't heard of, and I actually kind of got stuck in Durham over the summer, too, because... People just kept being like, well, you got to talk to my friend and my friend and my friend. And they're just everybody's so welcoming and interested in the project that it had to become a lot bigger than I expected when I first went on the road. Everybody was so nice. I mean, that's probably the most. When I got back to California, my my uh, advisors were trying to were trying to figure out how to shape this film, and my advisors were just like, well, you know, what surprised you most? You know, and, and I think they expected me to say that something about getting queer bashed in the South or something about, you know, how hostile it was or something. I was just like, you know, what surprised me the most was how kind everyone was and how willing to help out everyone was, you know, how much hospitality, how, how, you know, how we were never worried about having a couch to sleep on or somebody interview or a show to go to. It's just pretty amazing. So it seems like there's been kind of a resurgence of queer music and just the sense of community overall. I've noticed like a lot of different websites popping up that cover queer music and different podcasts and radio shows. Yeah, I think that with money as, as it is right now, with so many people graduating from college and not being like, well, what did I get that degree for? And I'm just in debt and I don't have a job. I think that creativity is really, really on the rise. Um, I see it in all of my friends and sort of embracing this lo-fi aesthetic because with the internet, but also just with networking in your own towns, you don't need to get a huge record deal or get on MTV, and that doesn't even seem to be the goal anymore, which I think is great. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that that people aren't afraid to uh, be not only a musician, but also have a voice um, and embrace that voice and be an activist in, in whatever dimension they possibly can. Um, so I think that queer musicians are definitely gaining ground in that respect. Not to not to diss on people who decide to go the mainstream way. I mean, I think queer musicians coming out um, who have wider audiences definitely are, are helping out the, the movement too.
Did you read that, I think it was just like a blog post that Sarah from Tegan and Sarah wrote on her um, website yeah. about um, Tyler, the creator? Yeah, and I just, did. I think that, that blog post was really ballsy and awesome of her yeah. to do, uh, and super articulate. I was really impressed. You know, I've been listening to Tegan and Sarah since I was like 14, and that first album was so rough, and, and following them as they've become professional musicians has been really cool, and going to see one of their shows maybe three or four years ago and seeing the whole audience of just like really normal-looking street people singing along and knowing every word, it's just like, right, this, this is awesome, you know, like, <laughs> Tyler, the creator? Or? Yeah, Tyler, the creator. Which, I, you know, that whole crew is kind of interesting how they got, you know, got themselves known through YouTube and stuff like that. And I mm -hmm. kind of respected them um, through being self-starters self like that. But then I never really listened to music, so I didn't know that, that he said those things. But I think he just looks like, you know, he looks like a douchebag. Like, <laughs> his reaction to Tegan and Sarah's or to Sarah's blog post is oh, yeah. unbelievable. I think it's really a step in the wrong direction. And for people, I mean, I teach college kids. I teach, you know, 19, 20, 21 year olds. And on the daily, I, I hear people say that sexism doesn't exist anymore. And I, can, I just can't imagine how people can say that and still hear these things in the media and Twitter and, you know, Facebook. And it's unbelievable. You know, but I think that, I think a big part, too, of, of what I'm interested in and in, in making projects like this and, and studying music performance is that what the artist puts out there is especially for bigger commercial artists is almost like just half of it right so it's like what you do with the music and how you read the music I mean I know growing up when I was looking at representations of of people on screen or or listening to different songs um following different artists even if they didn't come out and say they were queer you could read that onto them and that gave me some sense of validation so like what the consumer what the you know the audience brings to the table i think is so so important too so what do you think um the role of music has in advancing the gay rights movement i think it's it's huge um i'm not exactly sure what you mean by gay rights movement because i'm not very i'm not the kind of uh 
I'm not like on the HRC boat so yeah. much um, in terms of marriage and things like that. That's not really on my agenda. Yeah, or just I and guess I basic in terms of like queer visibility. Yeah, like I queer think, equality. I what you say? I, uh, like generally, just like um, queer equality, LGBTQ yeah. equality. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's huge. I think the power that performance of music has to sort of establish spaces is amazing. I think that. Um, even just trading music and listening to music and making mixes and giving it to people. I mean, I know that's what basically made me figure out who I was by listening to Slater Kenny, you know, and, and, and knowing that I couldn't quite put my finger on what exactly they were, and I didn't know if I wanted to be them or make out with them, but <laughs> I knew that there's something there that I would never be able to escape, and that, like, was what I wanted to be in you know, this is what I want to do when I grow up in some capacity, you know. Um, so I think that in terms of visibility and, and helping people figure out who they are and their role in the world, I think that, that music is huge, at least for me. And I know that a lot of queer kids around, you know, our age uh, feel the same way that I don't really help them figure out a lot of stuff and that um, really help them become radicalized and politicized in a way that I don't think any other uh, piece of media or anything else really did for me. You know, I, I've always been interested in politics and interested in, you know, social movements, but I think that being able to access that in a way that sort of sticks in your head like a song or that makes you want to dance or sing along is, is so much more powerful and accessible than reading a really thick manifesto, you know, especially for someone you know, like 13, 14 years old. Yeah, so I think that uh, music is, is, there's so much potential there, especially popular music. Or, and, and with DIY music, what's so cool is that you can, you know, pick up a guitar and make your own. So you don't have to get a record deal. You can just start playing out, write your own songs. And things like Girl Drive Camp, I mean, I think that's doing amazing things for, for kids right now, mm-hmm. queer or not, you know? Yeah, definitely. You know, I'm always looking for people to help me out with places to stream, so check out my website if you know somebody in a town or if you know a person in a band in one of those towns that I have listed there or somewhere around there. Just let me know about it. There's a place to contact me on there as my email. Um, and I'm just really stoked to stream all summer, so please check it out. Cool. Well, thanks for taking time to talk to us. Yeah, thank you so much, and thanks for all the awesome work that you guys do. I think Humble Grounds are really awesome, so well done, and thanks for having me be a part of it. I'm really excited. To find out more about Whistling Dixie, you can go to QueerSouth.com. And don't forget to subscribe to Homo Ground on iTunes, courtesy of Conversations. Conversations is a full-service social media strategy company specializing in what's most important when marketing your brand online, Conversations. You can check them out at onlineconversations.tumblr.com. You're on the earth now You're on some distant star
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.